if we think that being a practicing Christian is an easy task, then we need to think again. It takes a certain doggedness, a persistence, a type of character that the Bible often refers to as endurance or perseverance or steadfastness to maintain a Christian lifestyle. It's not an easy job. In Matthew 24, Jesus speaks about the signs of the end of the age with all these trials for Christians. When he says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But those who stand firm to the end will be saved. Those who persevere will be saved. Perseverance in the Bible is a character trait that is often emphasized in the Scriptures. In over 100 New Testament texts, the Bible encourages people to live out their faith with perseverance. It looks like the ability of a believer to endure and persist and never give up in the face of difficulty or trial is something not only commendable, but also very necessary. The famous preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon once wrote, by perseverance, even the small snail managed to reach the ark and be saved from the floods. It does take perseverance. And in our text today, it is this perseverance that the Apostle Paul is praying about when he prays for the church in Colossae. They had heard the truth. They had understood the grace. They had a functioning church and were trying to live out their faith in the context of their society, just like we are doing today. But they were living in a time of conflicting paradigms. The young Christian church was challenging and changing spiritual values. And the paradigm shift, the change in worldview, was to be found in the gospel message, being reconciled to God through faith. In the metropolitan city of Colossae, in the time of Paul, there were many gods, and even more ways of worshipping them. There were false teachers, even within the ranks of the Christian believers. The truth about the gospel was at a premium, even in church leadership. There were teachers who were adding their opinion and subtracting truth from the Christian message. Many believers were, in fact, confused about their very reason for being, about their mission, about their relationship with the world, and ultimately, their relationship with Jesus Christ, their Savior. They were a minority group trying to build a new paradigm in the world. It wasn't easy. Does that all sound a little bit familiar to us? Well, it should, because we are today experiencing a drastic change in worldview that is impacting tremendously on the church. It is impacting on the way the gospel is being accepted and spread. 
And sometimes we want to point the finger and say, well, it's the church and its methods. It's the people not working hard enough. It's the people not giving enough. But friends, there's a change happening. It's been coming for decades. We've seen it in Europe. It's happening here in Scotland. There's a worldview change. There's no longer any big truth. The gospel hasn't got that same edge to get in that it had before. And the worldview is changing. There is a post-Christian, post-modern worldview which is apparent at the moment. And it is challenging the very fabric of church life and biblical truth as we've known it in our lifetimes. Today we are asking ourselves again, what does it take to be a church? In this changing worldview, what does it take? What is our mission? How do we relate to the world and to Jesus Christ in these times? Because they are times that are changing. And that means, in many respects, we have to change. And we have to persist and persevere with the gospel. And the Apostle Paul prays for the church. And his prayer extends over centuries to cover the believers of all times. Paul is praying for us, for you and for me, even at this time that we are in. But what is this prayer? The text in Colossians verses 9 makes it clear that whatever it is, it has something to do with the knowledge of God's will and seeking it through spiritual wisdom and understanding. So Paul prays for us to take a step back for a moment from what we are doing, our activities, and then look with spiritual eyes on how we should endure or go forward or persevere in a way that will please God. And he prays for the believers to persevere in many areas of endeavor. To persevere firstly in bearing fruit in good work. Bearing fruit in good work, says the text. The Colossians were asked to reassess how they served within the church and how they served as the church in a community of largely other-minded or indifferent people. Bearing fruit is a wonderful term. Bearing fruit in good works means doing things from an inner motivation rather than reacting to outside influences. So bearing fruit starts with a seed of the gospel in our hearts. We cannot bear fruit unless we, in fact, have planted the seed and nurtured it well. As Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 23, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. The prayer was also that the Colossians should persevere in growing in the knowledge of God. Growing in the knowledge of God. If we look at Colossians 1 verse 15 onwards, we see that this knowledge is nothing less 
That's acknowledging the supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things. If you read further in Colossians, we'll see it there. He is the image of the invisible God, Paul writes. We have to know and love Christ if we are to grow in a true knowledge of God. Jesus said to his followers in Matthew 11, verse 27, No one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And he followed it by saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, has to open our spiritual eyes through our study of the Bible and our devotion to prayer and fellowship with God's people in Christ's name. And then Paul's prayer is also to persevere in being strengthened with the mighty and glorious power of God because we want to do things in our own strength. Anyone here make any New Year's resolutions this year? No New Year's Year's resolutions? I'm sure... Quietly behind the scenes, there have been a few. Every year, I make a resolution not to make any resolutions. (laughs) And that's because my willpower buckles under the weight of a piece of chocolate. (laughs) Or whatever else I may be trying to give up. We cannot make a a resolution to persevere. Because we cannot persevere in anything without the power of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. We cannot depend on ritual or ceremony or cold charity. We cannot depend on our status, our background, or our personal willpower. In living a life worthy of the Lord, we have to depend totally on God to work for us and through us so that we become the love of Christ sent into the world. And then the apostle prays for the believers to persevere in giving joyful thanks to God. Persevere in giving joyful thanks to God. We have to give thanks to God because he has made us who we are. Our theme today with the children is that God is making a new creation in us. None of us is self-made. Our text in verse 12 reminds us that it is the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. It's not our strength. It's not our ability to come and somehow bolster up our faith. No, the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. God has put the stamp of Jesus Christ on us and given us a kingdom. And Jesus himself was a model of thankfulness. We see it often. He was always in the mode of giving thanks. Whether it was breaking bread with his followers or breaking the power of death over his friend Lazarus, every gift from his father was received with thanksgiving. It can be no less for us as his followers. We can give thanks that God has given us the gifts to do what we are doing today in this place. Our text also assures us why we can take confidence in this prayer of perseverance. Why is it that we can 
look to this prayer and say, this can work for me as well. This does apply to all of us in our circumstances here in this church today. What is it that tells us that we should be living a life worthy of the Lord and why we should please the Lord in every way? Our text in verse 13 puts our striving and perseverance into perspective because it was Jesus Christ, says Paul, who persevered for us, who endured for us, who delivered us, who saved us. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. As we go out today into a new year of challenge, we can all be assured of one thing by this apostolic prayer of perseverance, and that is that our strivings should always be to the glory of God. When times are hard, when difficulties pile up, we can say with the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame or disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the knowledge of your word and your will given us through the scriptures by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the strength to endure and for the gift of hope, the hope of glory. And we give joyful thanks to you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.